Hey, Mike Palmer here once again. Thanks as always for listening. This is the last of our four episodes of our origin story for Running It Back, where we began over the spring months when things were pretty dire during the pandemic response. And all we really had as refuge as sports fans was this new series called The Last Dance, which was on ESPN at the time. It's now on Netflix for those of you who want to check it out. And uh, from this We had such a good time that we decided to launch a podcast that you're listening to right now. So with that, here's the final episode of our Last Dance episodes of Running It Back. Welcome back. To running it back, the lessons learned podcast featuring the Last Dance docu series from ESPN. I'm Mike Palmer, joined as always by Tarlin Ray. Tarlin, how you doing today? Oh yeah, from North Carolina, Michael Jordan. Yeah, man. I'm super excited because Spotify has the last dance list out. So I have been listening to the music for the last two days. Ah. If you haven't gotten, you need to jump on that immediately. I'm on, I'm on that now. Yeah. How yeah. am I doing? Excited to be back with you. Yeah. And still have chills from watching episodes nine and 10. Yeah. Cause it brought it all home. Right. I mean, we knew, we knew it was coming. There was no, very few spoilers to be had, but some news was made, right? There was some, Maybe maybe news, maybe fake news to talk about around the flu game. I, I definitely want to make sure we spend a little bit of time on that. I definitely want to talk about Dennis Rodman missing practice because he had to wrestle. I thought that that's definitely something to talk about. The Utah Jazz make their illustrious appearance twice, back-to-back. Also, Rands, the, the, the Buffalo Bills treatment in the NBA in the 1990s. But it's... It's kind of all about Michael, really, right? It's it's all about Michael. Although Steve Kerr, again, you can't Steve shake Kerr him, Tarlin. He, he can't say Kerr. You gotta give you gotta give Miller his love. Yes, yes. Probably one of my favorite athletes of all time as a UCLA Bruin fan growing up. Pre three point line, Miller would cross half court and, and just jack it up. Yeah. Especially as a guy, I was a buck forty five wet graduating on a senior year of high school yeah i totally respect a guy who couldn't barely lift the bar so oh i love i love i love the miller moments and i know you don't as a knicks fan but no but i, I mean he was the guy we always wanted to get as a nick because like he would have been amazing because he played some of his best games at the garden and he wouldn't like if we ever got him because like as fans we had to respect what he did because that guy he we got him a few times but but he decapitated us. He belonged in New York. He was oh. built for New York. You would have traded Allen Houston oh. and all these other guys. Like, yeah. oh, you have all those guys. We'll just take yeah. Reggie be- and we got They shot. belong in Indiana, you know? Like, but Reggie, <laughs> Reggie belongs in the quiet. garden. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, and it's also, by now, we've seen 10 hours of programming. You can start, you, you can break down the last couple episodes, but you can also start to put the entire oeuvre into context, right? Oeuvre. There's a lot of vowels. I play a lot of words with friends, Tarlin. I've gotten good. I know how to put letters together. It's from the French. But uh, but yeah, man, where do you want to start? I mean, 
we could go anywhere. Now you can go anywhere out of any of the episodes that we covered. We have to cover 9 and 10 because we haven't talked about them yet. And then episodes 9 and 10 covers his return. Then you get into the 90, 96, 97 season, 97, 98 seasons, The Last Dance. Where do you want to go? What captured your fancy? Let's start with, let's start with Reggie. Yeah, let's do um, it. Part of the reason is you love the stories where there are guys, whether it's Brian, I always want to call him Byron, but it's Me Brian too. Russell, yeah. just because of the spelling. Yeah. Guys that talk to Jordan and, and rue the day that they ever talked to Jordan. Right. And Reggie, as a rookie, mouthing off to Jordan and then getting torched. And from yeah. that day on, only calling him Black Cat, Black Jesus, or Jordan. Yeah. But for him to, to say, and there are very few guys playing at that time, to say, I just was not afraid of that guy at all. Mm-hmm. It just, it says a lot. Now, yeah. they legitimately believed. Yes. And it came down to the final bounce that that team, mm-hmm. the Davis, Davis brothers and yeah. Smiths. The Flying Dutchman. Flying Dutchman. Well, they didn't fly. Four. It was like the. They didn't really fly. It was just sort of like pterodactyl, yeah. like. <laughs> He's a big pterodactyl. He's like a pterodactyl cross with like a brontosaurus. I just, I appreciate out of any of the, any of the guys that had a chance, I, you know, Reggie, it just showed his determination and showed that I think he had the utmost respect from Michael. Yeah. If you saw him dap up, they, they gave each other some love in between uh-huh. games that Michael appreciated guys like that that were warriors so i i love i just forgot how close that series was yeah mark yeah. jackson one of the all-time leaders in assists jalen rose jalen rose who's still pissed that he got taken out in the last six minutes of that game seven yeah bird apologized to him later saying right. i probably made a, a wrong decision not to mention that, bird, is, bird is the coach Bird is the coach i mean it, it's everything and so Sort of a letdown to get, yeah, Utah, letdown to go into Utah, but yeah. you needed to, you appreciate a champion having to fight through moments like that to get to the end. Yeah. And um, for Jordan at the end to say they thought Indiana was the toughest team they, they faced outside of Detroit says a lot. So yeah. I just appreciate that as a fan. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, lessons learned, you know, it takes a killer mentality to compete with Jordan. Reggie had it. I love when Reggie said the fact that we could eliminate the king. We could eliminate Black Jesus. Like, we could eliminate Jordan. That fired him up. I'm not sure that fired the jazz up. Like, you don't get the sense that they wanted to be on the stage with him. Just like when Reggie was in the garden, you know, decapitating the Knicks and mixing it up with Spike and like relishing that stage. He loved playing the foil and he would have loved nothing more than to knock Jordan out in his last season with the Bulls. There's a lot to learn from the mindset it takes to win at this level. Reggie had it in every dimension you need it. And I think it's an interesting contrast. It's also a contrast to nowadays that the East was good then, and then coming out of the East is a bit of a letdown, although it's easy to hate on the Jazz, and they almost got them the first time in 97, because that, that went seven games. And then the Jazz led the league in scoring. How yeah. Would you ever think that? They may not have Reggie, but the best part of that, going from the Indianapolis to the Jazz series, is those fans are just as crazy. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Yeah, a couple, a couple of the fans behind the bench. 
<laughs> and it's probably the two markets at that time, more so than any other, that wouldn't be behind Jordan. Like there was not no. much, if any, support. Because the Knicks storied rivalry, but when he's in the garden doing amazing things, the garden is the mecca of basketball. It's not – it's the Knicks' home court, sure. But, like, the fact that Kobe went off there, the fact – there's so much history there. Oh, yeah. So when Jordan has an epic game in the Garden, Knicks fans recognize. Knicks fans still respect Scotty for some of the performances he had, despite the fact that he was taking it to Patrick. I mean, for dunking on Patrick and then and stepping pushing over him, him over, and then, yeah. and then pushing him over and then pointing to Spike. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring up. Yeah, no, it's fine. I brought it up. I'm there. I'm recovered. 20, 20 years is a long time. It's nice you to know. You keep saying it with a high-pitched voice, not sure you're recovered, but we're good. We'll talk I'm, about ad- it I'm animated, but, but, but I'm okay. But to me, like, it takes another level of competitor because like, there's the, the athleticism and the team dynamics, which the form of athleticism that the Jazz had was different. But they had a deep team. They had a talented team. I just don't think – they had anyone who could compete with Jordan the way that Reggie Miller could. And it's that whole thing about basketball where frequently the best player of the 10 players on the court will lift his team regardless of slots two through 10. Jordan is the, the, the perfect example of that. Cause you got to imagine if you're looking at him versus, versus Reggie, Reggie was not conceding the number one spot to Jordan and sometimes his results didn't lie like he did stuff that you just don't believe crazy can happen like he would make shots routinely that he had no place taking to begin with and he didn't really get that for Stockton and Malone you had to have both of them for them both to be as good as they were yep Malone arguably would have been good on another team in that period. He would, have been, he would have still been great, but he needed somebody to feed him the ball. He didn't have the handle. If you think about what Reggie could do versus what Michael could do, at, at their heights, they were in the same conversation. 100%. And had Reggie just closed it out with that squad, the story would have been different because then this documentary would have been a lot sadder because, like <laughs> – because the last dance would have ended in a, a loss in the, the Eastern Conference Finals. So much love to re- open, you know, like we're open to continue to develop this show format in the future. Reggie, open, open invite. Oh, always. If you want to come on, we'd be happy to talk to you. Uh, did we give Reggie enough of his due? We, we haven't talked about We gave about- Reggie enough to, thank you. All right, all right. You, you, you may leave from here. Yeah, and, and it showed my, my ability to – to be magnanimous in my, in my middle and age, but uh, you can go left and right. You're, you're ambidextrous. Exactly. exactly. But then the other place to go is the flu game, right? Cause yeah. this is, and it's interesting cause I was watching a little bit of the, the hot take machine ESPN to w- try to find, and I haven't found it yet. Somebody who cried foul on the revisionist history. Talk about fake news. The idea, first off, if I'm running a pizza shop in Salt Lake City these days, it's already tough enough. It's just to, the restaurant business is already getting slammed. Right. Now Jordan, on top of that, is saying he, they ordered this pizza. Five guys delivered it to his hotel room. 
and he's the only guy who ate the pizza and that the pizza is the cause of the quote-unquote flu game. I think that's a bridge too far credibility-wise. I've learned about media literacy, media criticism. I want some fair and balanced reporting of what exactly, because like I was watching Jay Williams on, on ESPN is saying, well, it's good, like greedy. They're all saying, it's good that we know what hit the real truth now that he was sick from pizza. No, that's that's his story. Cut it. It was corroborated. He had his corroborated best friend, by his his entourage. Corroborated. Entourage. Yeah. Those were his trainer and his friend. And his, <laughs> his his personal assistant, his trainer, and his security contingent all corroborated his story. Although that same contingent could have been doing other things that would result in nausea flu-like symptoms and the, the need to drink a ton of Gatorade. I on totally just television. bought it. I was like, yeah, uh, you're now in. I understand. I but get it now. That game was amazing. The flu game. Unbelievable. Game five, right? This is game yeah. five in 97? Uh, game five, uh, 97. Game five, 97. Regardless of what happens, whether how he got sick, he was sick. You can't yeah. fake that no. on the yeah. court. Sure. But to will himself mm-hmm. and a lot of people have been sick to will himself and um to that height is pretty unbelievable mm-hmm. and remember jordan years before with pippen with the migraine game yeah yeah it's probably hard for him because he literally is his body wasn't functioning for him to have any empathy for someone who says i can't i can't go right pippen does redeem himself later mm-hmm. no migraine game he has his version of a flu game mm-hmm. where his back goes out in the final game against Utah, and he wills his well, way one-legged to support the team. But- yeah. Although I do think this is where the NBA started to flirt with professional wrestling. This is where <laughs> no, that was when Paul Pierce went on a went out on a wheelchair. You went, you went exactly <laughs> where I was going because I feel like the flu game started us on the road towards. It's like the injury flop. Like you got to have some kind of. Deb- it's like Willis Reed going way back. Yeah. Nick, the captain. Yeah. Him coming out symbolically because you got to play hurt. And like Jordan, yeah. even going back to when he's rehabbing his broke, broken foot, is showing that there are times when you got to show your metal and you got to step up and play through it. And as someone who's, you know, as a professional, I've worked with a hangover. You know, I've, and unlike Jordan, the game wasn't like played hurt, a little dehydrated. Wasn't late at night, but like, you know, a, a 9 a.m. meeting. And maybe I had a you know an extra cocktail the night before. A little blurry eyed. That's what Gatorade is for to begin with. By the way, this episode is sponsored by Gatorade. <laughs> Brings you back after overindulging on pizza, on a on a cocktail, on, on whatever. Maybe just just fatty, fatty. You're feeling bloated the next day. You know, I know, I know you 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 take care of yourself, but but yeah, I do think there's lessons to be learned. Like the great ones, don't make excuses and. I did think it was interesting, the revisionist history around the flu game, which I'm sticking to. Come at me, Mike. You know, you got a chip on your shoulder. If you want to make your podcast game go next level, I'm saying I think it might have been more than just pizza that knocked you out the day. There, I said it. I'm I'm sticking sticking by it. I'll let you drop the mic on that. But to his credit, as the consummate performer and competitor that he is, he didn't allow that to be an excuse. But it was also in the NBA on NBC. It was Marv Albert. 
you got to create the the narrative. You got to create these heroes who are doing amazing things. And to his credit, he delivered. That's that's in '97, Game Five. They go on to win in. They won in six, both Remember, times. Yeah, they won in six both times. So the only time they really went to seven games was, was Indiana in, in the Indiana in conference final. In the yeah yeah yeah. But uh, so anyway, flu game. I had to get my hot take out. You know, I've had my version of flu game podcast too. I will say I have powered through many a podcast. Nobody needs to know how I'm feeling, Tarlin. Let us know which which ones they are. We want to go back and listen to <laughs> listen it. We'll, we'll let you know how you performed. But uh, but then the Brian Russell. Okay, the other, and I'm gonna play the. You, you could be the Jordan apologist. I'll play the. I'll I'll toss a little haterade into the mix. But uh, that was a brilliant push off on Brian Brian Russell, right? I mean, like. The artistry of that, as someone, again, Midland basketball player, but I played for a long time and I got crafty, you know, the little hand checks here and there, the little, oh, I I may have edged my elbow into that guy to box out a little bit better. Jordan showing like a a 30-something dude, YMCA move with the little push but it was it was that to the next level what do you mean? Though, right? so you gotta listen you're not listening closely remember jordan taught us earlier on that brian likes to play on his toes yes so make sure that was edited established in there. right yes. so as established yes. yes so that meant when he was going to his right and remember last time he went to his right to score yeah. over brian russell and Carr. right so brian was already leaning in that direction yeah yeah look really closely and i did i stopped the film multiple times yeah never extends his arm so brian is off balance yeah and that's why it looked like he was shot. it's a gentle a gentle nudge <laughs> it was you know hey, you going it's that like, way here, here you it's go. like richard thaler it was like behavioral economics it's like let's allow him to go where he really wants to go and then step back pure and then the interesting thing about jordan though too is his intimidation at home and they chose not to show the missed shot. But at home in Utah, game six, to go to game seven, they had some time left on the clock. There was an alternative narrative where if Reggie Miller was on the Jazz, we would have seen his shot rim out. Like, we would have seen something happen. I just think Utah never quite got together in terms of when we absolutely need to make a shot at the end of a game. How do we do that? Because I yep. feel like you could defend against Malone. You can defend against Malone. And, and then, then Stockton's and then, taking the last shot. Or he's giving it to Brian Russell. Or don't forget about Jeff Hornacek. Jeff, the, the janitor. I used to call him the janitor. I don't know if, if other people did, but I definitely remember calling him the janitor because <laughs> he looked like a janitor. But, uh, but anyway, so that Utah gets their due for jazz fans also come at us. We want to hear you. We want to understand from your perspective could you watch it? I know a lot of Knicks fans couldn't watch this series. I imagine if I was a diehard Utah Jazz fan, I might have had trouble watching this series because it ends with really the end of that franchise to a large extent. Sure. They, haven't, they haven't bounced back. And I do remember, I, you, looking back, uh, you just forget how good John Stockton was oh, and yeah. Carmel. John Stockton, yeah. six foot nothing, yeah. just enormous long arms, enormous hands. Gonzaga. And used to, dom- used to dominate from Gonzaga. Yeah. Didn't know about Gonzaga until, until prior to that. But Is he still the all-time assist leader, right? He is still the all-time assist leader. Um, probably, Malone, isn't gonna, probably won't get caught. 
He will not. Yeah. Uh, Malone is number two on the all-time scoring list. We have a lot of goats. I want to see. We'll save it for the end. We got to talk about the goats. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because there so, were some goats that were in this. So what else? I mean, do we need to talk about Dennis uh, wrestling? Oh, I, I, let me just at least throw in what I was telling you at the top. So for those of you who enjoyed the fact that Dennis Rodman cut away during the NBA Finals uh, to wrestle with Hulk Hogan, Phil Jackson really driving everyone crazy by just letting them, letting them go, not reining them in, which is lessons to be learned there too, where when you have that mix of talent allowing things to happen and not having to be the authority, Phil truly was the Zen master there. He didn't bring Rodman back in, didn't find him, didn't suspend him, just let him do his thing. I did do a little research. There is some video of Carl Malone and Diamond Dallas Page, in addition to Rodman cutting out of the NBA Finals to wrestle with Hulk Hogan, there was a match two years later where Diamond Dallas Page paired up with Carl Malone, Hulk Hogan bringing out a Rodman tag team match. Rodzilla. Rodzilla. Carl Malone body slammed Hulk Hogan a couple times. So had he wrestled Jordan? Oh, no, not even a chance. I mean, Cause, cause Carl Malone in the offseason wrestled Gators. I mean, I'm, a, I'm just making it up, but come on. That dude was he was a 250-pound brick house. Oh, my God. So Can't believe the touch on that guy, how strong he is. He's just amazing. Yeah, and I mean, he was interesting, too, just because I feel like body-wise, there really has never been a guy like – LeBron is kind of like him in kinda some like ways, but, but just in terms of skill, ball skills – they're completely different players. And it's, it's part of how the game evolves. So the other things I wanted to get to is taking this era of basketball and dropping it into the present day, some perspective on that. I mean, how funny you'd say that. Yeah, I, yeah. I've had a way to model that. Oh, okay. So let, let's make sure we do that. And let's make sure we handle the goats you were talking about. And then all also, I also want to make sure we cover the conspicuous omissions. So... There was a lot of choice around who was allowed into this documentary and who was conspicuously absent. So I want to make sure we spend a little bit of time. On right, those so that's three our trifecta items. before yeah. we, we cry before we, and we close off. What before, do you want to yeah, start with? We missed up. Let's start with bringing them to the present day. So thoughts about this era of basketball, let's say the 97, 98 Bulls. Fast forward into the 2016 onward NBA, like the, the era of Golden State super team, the Heat super team. Uh, I, I had these questions. Let's I had do these it. Questions Let's myself. do it. So Bring them. The only way I could think to model it was to play a video game. Yeah. Well, I played NBA 2K. Nice. I first played the 97-98 Bulls against the Jazz. Blew them out against right. that Jazz team. Blew them right. out. Right. Pippen, Jordan went nuts. Kukoc yeah. was going nuts. Yeah. Then I picked the 2015-16 Cavs and Warriors. Yeah. Really struggled. Yeah. Lost both of those games. Oof. Warriors, way too many shooters. Right. When you look at the like the Bulls team, it comes down to a single offensive weapon that can get their own shot. Pippen Steve. doesn't get their own All shot. Right. right. Kukoc's not really. Curry got to get off screens. Yeah. So it was a struggle. You couldn't – who are you guarding? Right. And you get into these mismatches right. with Draymond and – Right. The clay. So that was a tough get. And then you think, all right, I can take the Cavs, 2015-16 right. Cavs. They had way too much rebounding. You got Tristan right. Thompson, 
Right. Brawn all over the place. You, you got Jay, Ky- J.R. Ky- Smith. K.R. J.R. Smith hitting shots. Kyrie. Yeah. So Kyrie unstoppable. Yeah. You can. Uh, I would say that's the only way I could think of modeling it. Same guys, same mm-hmm. skills, but really struggled that team. If you look, mm-hmm. you got the bench were coming in was Judd Butchler and yeah. Winnington, and they were just getting dominated by right, right, right. squads that we have in this current age. It's just yeah. a different game. Ranger, I think. I think the game needs like intangibles button for Jordan. Like, exactly. Just bring your special magic now. And then maybe it's fair. He actually would need to have special, like he turns into, literally turns into a goat while playing. It'd be like, it'd be like the end of, the end of Teen Wolf, you know, like. Yes, when, exactly. But he's playing, like, it's like something, there's some sort of super mode for Jordan because it did feel like that. But I'm just trying to figure out how much that was because he was 20 years ahead of his time. Like he was the caliber of athlete. He would, he would still be the great, he would likely be the best player on the court now, but I don't think that would be enough. He could elevate his team against the Midland competition of the, the, the 90s. I don't think he could elevate a team of inferior players to compete with the depth and, and also the strategy around uh, the three-pointer that has emerged in the last five years. I don't agree. Because then you're saying LeBron, remember that series where he carried a team mm-hmm. of all Saurians yeah. to almost winning a championship? You're right. saying that Jordan couldn't do the same thing. And I 100% believe he no, could do the same I, I think thing. He could, I think he could lose to a super team. You know, like, it depends. I mean, he could catch – like, he could catch – he could get lucky and play to a team who got into the finals and maybe didn't deserve to be there. You know, but yeah. I think if you look at – the super teams I'm thinking of are the you know the Heat, followed by the the Warriors really, and then since then, like this this year this this sad NBA season that we may wind up uh, just thinking about we may need to play it on Y2K <laughs> to kind of get a sense of it. But like the Clippers, this Lakers team, the 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 forces that are on the court now, the depth of the top tier teams. Jordan had Pippen, so that is... If he has Pippen, if you give him Pippen mm-hmm. and you allow a different construction of a team based on the current NBA, yeah, they have it. That's all they need. That's true. Pippen and Jordan, it, right. and they would create a roster around those guys right. that match the current NBA. Right. I, I take that. They don't need a super team. That's two and a call it a half of someone right. coming in. Because it's a little bit of revisionist history. Because like it's more the way that Jerry Krause could round out his bench back in the day. Yep, is very different from the way you would round out a roster in 2020. Correct. So you would have Jordan and particularly Scotty on the cheap. Right. You know, gotta you have did, on the cheap. <laughs> you translate that to 2020 dollars. But if we talk about lessons learned. I mean, Jerry Krause and Jerry Reinsdorf, the way they were able to take advantage of the contract they had with Pippen to allow them to work within the salary cap and be able to dominate. It is an interesting lesson learned, although I think in the real world, we don't have salary caps. And in the real world, we have to think about how to engage the entire team. So I think it, it's useful to analogize to management, leadership, etc. But the basketball is not managed in the same way that 
the the corporate landscape or the organizational landscape is. So you don't want to go too far towards like let me under let me get a rock star who bullies everybody else, and let me get a, a number two who's really good who I can underpay. Right. And then I'll, and then I'll round out my team with a bunch of role players, and think you're going to be maybe you would thrive, but that's counter to a lot of what I think you and I might believe about leading in the 21st century. Any thoughts on that? We this is just another. To, totally agree. I think there are no parallels, but I do think this goes. You yeah, you, you that's one of those moments where you can't take lessons from sports and then apply it to to everyday life or right. to a business. Right. But you do then have to take a moment and look at the goats of this of this story. Yeah. And the one of the most interesting lines I think I wrote it down and it happened. Scotty Pippen saying that he got to play with the greatest player of all time, the greatest coach of all time, and they had the greatest GM of all time. Mm. And mm. so that happened at the very end of episode 10. Yeah. Jerry Cross is being crushed this whole time. Yeah. And it got me to think, well, is Jerry Krauss the Michael Jordan mm. of GMs? Mm. He maniacal in his approach. He will cut people when he needs to cut people. Mm-hmm. He will make decisions based on what he thinks is best for the team. Yeah. He found Phil Jackson. He mm-hmm. brought in Tony Kukocurli. He had drafted, a pack draft, and repl- Drafted Pippen, yeah, yeah. Drafted Pippen. Had a Paxson replacement right. when in Kerr, when Paxson was getting older. Right, right. And brought in Rodman when he was at the end of what most people thought was at the end of his career. Right, right. And it had a coach that could potentially handle him. Mm-hmm. So maybe Jordan Krause hated each other so much because they're so much alike. Mm. But most people, if you think about, had the greatest rebounder of all time, the greatest number two guy of all time, the yeah. greatest scorer of all time, greatest coach, to round out that five, Yeah, they had the greatest GM of all time. Yeah, it's it's an interesting take. It's a hot one because uh, my 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 mic is sizzling. It might be uh, a similar argument in that, you know, maybe the other GMs of that era were not constructing their teams the way they needed to either. Like, the, like how competitive was the landscape in that era is a good question. You know, how were the other teams constructed, and also how much what was Jordan head and shoulders above the rest of the competition, and then getting Scotty the way that he did um, that could have gone the other way. Like if Scotty had not been the player who he turned into, which of course this is saying that he was a good general manager, that he saw this coming, his love affair with Tony Kukoc. There's an argument to be made. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight you because I'm not sure who I would say. Celtics fans will have issues, Red Auburn, championships, but you start to look at cycles. You got the Mm -hmm. Celts and what they did Mm -hmm. upper management. You have, Potentially the 49ers you have in the in the 80s. You talk about the Bulls of the 90s. Mm-hmm. You talk about the Belichicks. It's all it's all yeah. in a way. It's like the same playbook, the same rules. It's like information asymmetry, and they're looking at the world in a different way. Yeah. What Belichick and the Patriots have been able to do. Yeah. And then potentially you could say the Bob Myers and the Warriors of, right. of this age. So yeah. I'm just saying it's hard when you when you look at sports. Yeah, of course it's all about the athletes. 100. Mm-hmm. percent Right. Jerry wanted more credit, but you got to look at that total picture. And that was a moment where you pause for Pippen, who yeah. hated him more than anyone, felt he got screwed more than yeah. anyone else. And this is 
the same guy who said he would quit on his team mm -hmm. as he's being interviewed for this documentary to say that he thought he probably had the greatest GM. I was a lot. It was yeah. Pure growth, maturity, and Pippen started to see it through his eyes that it would never have happened unless he made some of the moves that he made. Yeah, I agree. I mean, especially on the Scotty front, this he's a fascinating figure. Yeah, he's and, complex. And, and and he's and he's actually a pundit now. Like unlike Jordan, who is a recluse, and this was limited access to to Jordan. You see Scotty on ESPN regularly, and he's willing to put himself out there. It's you know he I won't say he's a national treasure, but he's he's he could get there. You know you continue to see him develop. So so we want to get a few more goats in. Conspicuous omissions. There were, you know, Craig Hodges, notorious beef with Craig Hodges. It's <laughs> as though he's erased from the permanent record. There were other player Carl Malone not interviewed. Like a lot of a lot of if if they asked him, he refused to get interviewed. I'm sure he did. I'm not I'm not criticizing. I'm just observing <laughs> that there are conspicuous omissions. And I'm wondering when they're gonna be some spin-off unauthorized versions of this you know is there a lifetime movie waiting to be produced where somebody gives an alternative take on jordan because it wound up what i found really interesting about it is that he was portrayed as and it portrayed it's it, there was some storytelling that happened here there was some narrative and some creative license here even with all of that editing editorial control he's still he's a conflicted figure he's a he's challenging to understand and i think that's what for me makes him more compelling than lebron lebron you know in the goat conversations the idea that jordan even putting himself out there it's the whole you know machiavelli it's better to be hated than to be loved better to be feared than loved and jordan almost did this at all costs and he's a reminder that Many of us are not willing to do things at all costs. And then he's still ready to put that out as the story in a way that he can get, he can get taken down as a bully. He can get taken down as, you know, a revisionist historian. You can, you can knock him for all sorts of reasons. But I think there does take some strength to put himself out there as all I cared about was winning at everything that I did. All I cared about was being the best basketball player I could ever be. And, and then also exposing some of the vulnerability around how he felt about his father and how he felt that drive because he wasn't, it's almost as though he could never prove himself to be enough. Like there is like an emptiness inside of him that he's constantly trying to, to fill. I think it's really just a powerful narrative and I would say, you know, haterade aside, I do appreciate that Jordan allowed this to happen because he's clearly a very private person. He was burned by a celebrity for a long time. And had this not happened, I don't know if I could have handled the last month. Yes. So, so thank you, Michael. I very much appreciate it, but I will, I will give to you, Tarlin, the, the, the platform here to, to, to pull this stuff together. Give us some more goats. Give us some more things to, to walk away with. We're going to keep running it back. we got to figure out what we're going to talk about. But this has been amazing, uh, fun time in a very difficult time. 
and uh, I'd love to hear your parting thoughts. And I promised promised myself I wouldn't cry. So uh, yes. So yeah, where are you going? I mean, just to follow up on what you're saying and sort of a beautiful, interesting narrative. I think a line that stuck out for me with Jordan, sort of the lessons learned. My daughters will always laugh. Here, daddy, here comes the lessons learned because I have a. I think I have a particular inflection in my voice. But he said, "Why would I think about missing a shot I have not taken?" Mm-hmm. And some would say, "Yeah, because he's already great at basketball and he's got super confident about it, but he worked hard." And instead of putting obstacles in front of him or anticipating failure, he took chances. He risked it. He was courageous. Yes. And I think in any endeavor in life, no one's going to see it. You're not going to be in front of cameras. You're not going to have fans trailing you. I think if you can follow with that, I like to ask us like to say I'm not a role model, but if you can just hold on to that and, and stop short circuiting your opportunities and just go for it yeah. with confidence, risk that failure. Mm-hmm. I think that is something that can carry over into all parts of life. Mm-hmm. So I, I will I will take that message home. I will have the Spotify soundtrack that I will continue to be able to listen to. We will continue to be able to debate that Isaiah was left off the dream team, but yeah. he was the only Hall of Famer able to take him out. Mm-hmm. The only one. And we will appreciate the time where we truly had, and I guess Kerr, we forget the goat, he was, did he have the all-time record in terms of three-point marksmanship? At mm. some point, one of the greatest shooters around. Yeah. That we we had a collect, we got to see the Beatles in our own time. Right. And it was amazing. It was amazing overall experience. So I appreciate the opportunity to spend time with you. Yeah. If you're wondering how I'm going to continue to have my fix, I'm going to just play more NBA 2K. Nice. Claim I'm, play, claim I'm playing with my daughters, but really playing with my so Get a little free time myself. Yeah. And um, look forward to next time that we can, we can run it back. Awesome. Tarlin Ray, uh, wonderful perspective. Uh, lots to talk about. Hot takes about Jerry Krause that I was not prepared for, so thank you for that. And just thanks for making the conversation entertaining. And I'm excited to see where we take it next. For our listeners, we're going to figure out a way to keep running it back. Lessons learned from sports and entertainment in this crazy world we're all living in. Thanks again for listening.